Hey there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about The Shadow in the Glass. It is a dark fantasy retelling of classic Cinderella. And I think it's what really sets it apart from a lot of classic retellings is that dark atmosphere and the historical context in which the story takes place. Because you know how retellings always tend to fall in that trap of making sure those pivotal moments in the original fairy tale shine through in this story, in their retelling. In this one, those moments are there, but they're more subtle, and I think that really allows the reader to kind of separate this as a retelling, because when you're reading a retelling, you're really reading the fairy tale. You're looking for that fairy tale, but sometimes you just want something unique. You want something to stand out, and I really do think the shadow in the glass, it does stand out. So it follows Ella. She was taken in by this older couple and the mother absolutely loved her, absolutely adored her. But then when she died, the husband, her husband, he just made her, Ella, a maid. So already right there, you're kind of seeing the gender switch and it is reflective of Victorian society, which is where the story takes place because he is a leech. He's a lecherous, lecherous man. He's quite disgusting. Um, he, you notice, it, the author doesn't outright say it, but when Ella's noticing other maids suddenly become pregnant and they have lots of bruises on them, you know he is raping them. He's the only man in the house. All the other workers are female, um, except for the chauffeur, but you know this man is using his position of power to take advantage of the younger girls. He is a rapist, and Ella is quite disgusted with that, and she doesn't want to be the next victim on his list. She doesn't want anyone else to be another one of his victims. So it says a lot about Ella. She's a good person. She is. You really do root for her. You really want her to win at the end. And this is a Faustian take, you know, be careful what you wish for kind of story. Because she meets her fairy godmother and her fairy godmother is like, okay, I will give you seven wishes. And at the end of it, your soul is mine. And Ella, at first, she doesn't really agree, but I guess she gets kind of gets caught up in this, oh, it's not really real kind of mentality. And she does agree, because even she knows, she's like, anything that with the price of your soul is never going to end well. So she really is caught in a bind because she agreed to do something without really realizing what it means so you feel for her because her wishes aren't bad wishes either she wants to take care of herself and she wants to take care of all the other women who she's grown up with but the cost of it is her soul you know and you really do get to see this subtle change in her character and her narrative which i think is also very interesting as well because the fairy does mention, she's like, we can't go back on our deal. She's like, what are you going to do with five-sevenths of a soul? 
So you already know every wish is costing her a piece of her soul. And you really do get to see that reflected in her narrative and her characterization. She becomes colder. She becomes crueler. She becomes more malicious, uh, more manipulative. But she's still not a bad person. She's doing all these horrible things, but without really doing all these horrible things, she's acting, I guess, like a Victorian lady. <laughs> she's colder, like I said. And you can't really blame Victorian women for acting that way because they had to take care of themselves. You know, all they were, th- all, and you see it um, in the book, the goal of women is basically you're supposed to marry and then have kids. That's it. That's it. You find a man to take care of you and then that's it. Nothing more. So she's becoming this iron woman so that she can watch out for herself, so that she can watch out for her friends and loved ones and get rid of the cruel people who would stand in her way and I think that really does say something about the author's talent for storytelling because the progression of the story the evolution of the story it goes hand in hand with her character development because again it's cost every wish she makes everything she's experiencing it is taking its toll on her goodness, on her benevolence. She's so afraid of being a victim that she lets her anger and need for revenge drive her to not be a victim. She's so eager to get the life that she was promised as a child. She's unaware almost that every wish, not just cost her a bit of her soul but also someone dies and the fairy tells her you know she's like you think wishes just come from nothing like no they cost something and they cost a life and Ella she's just so grief stricken with that knowledge and then she tries her best she does so you feel for her and you want her to find a way out of this like come on Pull yourself out of this. Find the loophole. Find that element that's going to let you escape, you know? And you're just driven by this need to see her kind of succeed because, of course, it's a fairy tale retelling. Cinderella always gets her happy ending, right? Right? Well, I'm not going to tell you because then that would be spoiling the whole thing. All I can tell you is that the ending is pretty great i mean i was like my jaw dropped when i read the ending i was like what i was like is there more like what that was me when i was reading the end so ultimately you know really is a good story but there were some distracting elements to it when the author brings up ella's childhood of oh she was a wild violent child and ella's like i don't remember any of that you're kind of questioning, okay, how is this relevant to the story? Is it relevant to the story? Even now, thinking about it, talking about it, I don't think it was relevant to the story. Not to me, in any case. I thought it was just superfluous information. I found it distracting. I don't think it served the story's purpose in any way, shape, or form. But 
I still do recommend this retelling because it really is unique. It really does stand out. And it is really worth reading, in my opinion. So if you want to go ahead and purchase the book, please remember to purchase the book from your local bookstore or online preferred retailer. Please avoid Amazon. That's all I ask. Support your bookstores. If money's tight, support your library by checking out the book from your local library. If your library is still closed because of COVID-19, you can get a digital library card to rent out ebooks and audiobooks. And if you have a physical card, they may be closed, but they're still working, so you can always do curbside pickup. And on that note, I hope you all continue to support me by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. You can also become a supporter on Anchor FM. There's information on more on that in the description of this podcast. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Mm-hmm.